another episode of Below the Dot podcast where we recap and discuss a new episode of Degrassi the Next Generation every throwback Thursday from the Degrassi black hole. I am your co-host Terry McGregor. I am your other host Chris Sharp and, and this is my we- cat Lily. <laughs> she is literally eyeing me from yep. the screen. Y'all can't see her but she's here. She's giving me the evil eye. But she knows that we're here (laughs) to talk about or recap season three, episode 20, titled I Want Candy. But before we get into this episode, we'll let Lily finish cleaning herself. (laughs) Wait, so I can't stop looking at her because her eye was closed. And then I'm like, fuck, did somebody fuck up her eye? Because, you know, (laughs) we're here with like two other cats, although the other cat doesn't have claws. So I feel like. She didn't mess her up, but I'm wondering if Felix messed her up. Anyway, she's too busy cleaning herself for me to look at her damn eyes. Cats are so annoying. But yeah, I want candy. That's the one we're recapping today, my friends. But you know the deal. Before we get into the actual episode, 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 we're gonna take some time to do some trivia for Terry, get into some Terry's tidbits, and then head into the episode. This bitch's eye is fine. (laughs) She's trivia questions. Uh, first question, how much gas did Dylan leave Paige in his car? It was a quarter tank. Good job. I'm ready. Next question, where does Spinner's mom work? I don't know where she works, but the back of her shirt said truly Canadian. I'm assuming it's like a Walmart or something. It's She works at Zeller's, Z-E-L-L-E-R-S. It is a Canadian discount department retail chain. Acquired by the Hudson Bay Company in 1978. Founded in 1931 in London, Ontario. Ontario? However people pronounce that. Whatever. That's funny. I figured it was like an ode or something similar to Walmart based on the color of the smock. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I only had two today. I mean, I could always read you some more. You know, I got my book. So let's find a random one. Nice things up. Read one from the book because I'm going to... Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'll get it. Maybe I won't. You got. You're gonna have this one. How did Paige cancel her date with Spinner? She said her grandma was sick. I believe so. Let me see if they have the answers. That was number twelve. Book quiz number five. The answer is she lied. That basic ass answer. But yeah, she said her grandma's sick. That's so funny. Not that we had the more detailed answer. Right. Second question. <laughs> what do Paige and Spinner call each other? Oh my god, it's honey something or something even dumber. I don't know. Honeybee. Okay. All right, enough of that. You ready That's some so tidbits? funny. I am. I have some. So, my friends, today we are recapping, like we said, season three, episode 20. We're super close to the end of the season. I think there might be two or three episodes left, but mm-hmm. nonetheless, today's episode is the official last appearance of Terry. So, spoiler alert, we'll learn later that she ends up transferring to a private school. So this is the last time we see Terry. And this is, I'll make like comments of it when we get into it. But it's funny, not funny, but interesting how we last see her for that to be the last time that she appears. And then she's mentioned a few other times in upcoming episodes. And I think it's like season four, they'll discuss it, season seven. And then even in next class, they bring her up, but we don't see her. 
Someone brought her up in next class. Do you know what they said? It was the Throwback Thursday episode, and they said that Holly Sinclair was going on stage after Terry. I don't know if it was a talent show, if they were just speaking about what they did, but they said that she was speaking after Terry. Oh, yeah. So they probably had, when they had this, the older students come back. Mm-hmm. Mm, it was like a, what was it, alumni day. So they had a lot of people mm. that actually came back, but Terry was only mentioned and we don't see her. Mm, interesting. Typical for Terry. I really don't like that this is the last time we see her. Mm-hmm. But I knew the time was coming because I didn't think she made it to season four, which she doesn't. So oh, R.I.P. I'll miss you, girl. Yes, we love you, Terry. <laughs> Terry's tidbits will continue on even though Terry's not on the show, but yes. I just had to make note of that today. <laughs> All right. Anything else? No, I think that's all. I'm ready to get in the episode. All right. It's final season in Degrassi Streets, and Spinner and Paige are tired of this shit. I feel like I noticed somewhere in here that we basically went from winter to summer break really quickly because it just felt like it sped up. Wasn't Manny just getting an abortion like two days ago? That's what I'm, I was thinking, too. I was like, is it midterms or finals? Like, fin- I mean, midterms would normally be, like, March. But, like, are we really all the way at the summer already? Yeah. I just feel like this escalated very quickly. But maybe not, you know? Time flies when you're having fun. Paige is like, we're tired. Let's take a break. And uh, honestly, I support this motion. I don't think, like, we treat kids being in school as if it's a job. And I understand it is their only thing that they're responsible for. But we're treating it like a nine to five job for them. And can we just let kids go home and chill and mind their business? Honestly, this is random, but I have like no memory of doing homework in high school. And I know I had it. So what's the point? You know, that's kind of what did, I'm trying to get at. Did you do the homework? Because you did fail gym twice. I OK, I failed gym once. Did I do the homework? I had to have because I graduated. <laughs> but I don't have memory of it. So why did I have to do it? <laughs> That's an accurate statement. I do actually have memory of doing it. I remember I used to, I took math and an English language arts class with another girl and we used to exchange. So I think she, (laughs) I was responsible for the English homework and she was responsible for the math homework. One day this bitch copied my stuff word for word and we got caught. Like, see, you see, you ruined the thing we had going. But obviously started from doing that and I'm here. So... You two can make it friends. I failed gym class and I'm here. So <laughs> it's possible. But give exactly. us a break. Right. So Paige ends up forging her mom's signature and Spinner fakes sick with the oldest trick of the book. They also get to borrow Dylan's car, as I said early. Anyway, so this is just a nice little mental health break for the two. I, quick note, I just would have expected Spinner's mom to know better. Right. He's obviously faking. Yeah, and it's like, it's funny that she wasn't like listening to Kendra either because she seems like the voice of reason in that house in comparison to all the stuff that Spinner does. So, and does she not see the thing next to his bed, like the cup of tea or water or whatever it was? <laughs> like, right. I, you just should know better. And speaking of Kendra, she is present for this episode very briefly. So, we got to give her all the credit we can until she too vanishes from the show. Yeah, and her also- wrist is broken randomly. I don't understand why they gave her any lines at this point, because where is this going? Like, why are we mentioning that her wrist is broken? Hello, my arm. Why do we care? And where did it come from? We haven't seen you in two years. (laughs) And where did it go? Something about Cotton Eye Joe. 
You remember that song? Yes, unfortunately. They used to play that at all the school dances. What are the words to it? Now I got to go look it up. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Cotton Eye Joe. What does this even mean? I don't know. It probably has some racist undertones too. I bet it does. All right, Cotton Eye Joe lyrics meaning. I, you know, it's, it's definitely. Let's see. Let's see. It just has to be with a name like Cotton Eye Joe. Where did he come from? Where did he go? We may, may never know what came of Cotton Eye Joe, but the song named after him has a rich story. Cotton Eye Joe began as a folk song that circulated through the American South in the 1800s. It's definitely racist. Today, mm-hmm. it is a staple of American culture. Definitely racist. And everyone's favorite line dancing song or club dancing song. Who's dancing to it in the club? Thanks mm-hmm. to the 1995 techno cover by Rednecks. Definitely racist. <laughs> the story behind the song it made me just as wild as the story of Cotton Eye Joe himself. Many traditional folk songs, the first person to write and play Cotton Eye Joe is a mystery. Someone racist. The song predates the Civil War and is likely written between 1800 and 1860. This is too much. Okay. Yeah, what? <laughs> okay. Yeah, so here, yeah, okay. So there's much debate as to what Cotton Eye actually refers to. Some believe that it means to be drunk on moonshine. Others think that it refers to the contrast between dark skin and white eyeballs. Hmm, why are we... Another theory is that Cotton Eye Joe had a disease that turned his eyes milky white or replaced his eyeball with a cotton ball. Do what? 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 Same. Like, literally, what? <laughs> the phrase may refer to being drunk on moonshine, now I'm on Wikipedia, or having been blinded by drinking wood alcohol, turning the eyes milky white. A black person with very light blue eyes. Damn, wait, can you call me Cotton Eye Joe? Oh, I want no. you to call me Cotton Eye Joe from now on. It's maybe maybe not if it's racist. Miners covered in dirt with the exception of their white eyes. Someone whose eyes are milky white from bacterial infections. Damn, oh. or syphilis. Oh, no. Oh, Don't my God. <laughs> or the contrast of dark skin tone around white eyeballs and black people. See, you see what I'm saying? Okay. Oh, wait. Okay. Well, wait a minute. Now I'm even mad. Okay. So Scarborough's account of the song came from her sister, Mrs. George George Scarborough, who learned the song from the Negroes on a plantation in Texas. So you tell me this is a black Negro spiritual because you know I needed some songs for Black History Month at my school. (laughs) Not Rube over here. She's fed up. Yeah, I'm screaming. The man in Louisiana knew the song from his earliest childhood and heard slaves singing it on plantations. Are you telling me that Cotton Eye Joe has been a Negro spiritual this entire time? Is it really? Well, that's just wild. Because it seems uh, the opposite. Yeah. Well, what are the rest of the lyrics to this song? This has nothing to do with anything. (laughs) The fact that the whole Wikipedia page is hilarious. If it had, well, this is the Rednecks version. Original lyrics. If it hadn't been for Cotton Eye Joe, I'd be married a long time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? If it hadn't been for Cotton Eye Joe, does he just say this the entire time? Yes. I even forgot that that was a lyric, but I feel like that's the whole song. He came to town like a midwinter storm. He rode through the field so handsome and strong. His eyes was his tools and his smile was his gun, but all he had come for was having some fun. But he bought disaster wherever he went. The hearts of girls went to hell, broken scent. 
They all ran away so no one would know, and they left only men because of Cotton Eye Joe. So some man named Cotton Eye Joe came to town, stole his bitch, and now he don't got no woman. <laughs> okay, well, if anyone has more information about Cotton Eye Joe and what it's based off of, feel free to write us in. But sorry, that was a little deviation from our regular script. Back to Degrassi. <laughs> JT wants to invite Manny to the semi-formal and his side conversation with Emma lands him and Emma in lunchtime detention. I don't actually care for this storyline at all, but when I saw Emma's hairstyle and outfit, I did realize that this is an important episode for Emma. And so I want y'all to stick around and find out what happens during and after lunch. I'm lost in a void of eternity The eye of the storm a black hole rips me from inside out gravity ending me so back to our main plot the a plot you heard us start that off with ashley's bop of a song or whatever the hell it is that she was playing in her room she's home again sitting in a dark room and being super dramatic and depressed For a family who believes in, like, therapy and counseling, I'm trying to figure out if her mom has considered it. This was my question. Like, literally, I have all these notes. But then my big question is, is she still in therapy? Like, you say that she's been, like, skipping, not skipping school, but she obviously hasn't been going to school for a couple days. You know that her ex-boyfriend cheated on her, got somebody pregnant, her best friend's in the hospital. Where's the therapist at? Right. So she's been refusing to go to school, as you just said. But her mom alludes to something mysterious that they need to talk about later because it could be a good thing. Spinner and Paige have Spinner's car, or no, Dylan's car, and so the world is their oyster, which I'm surprised that Spinner got this phrase correct. Did you hear him say it? I did. And you know what's so funny is I questioned if that was right because I know he says everything wrong. (laughs) Right. I was like, is the world their oyster? Yeah, no, that's really it. Good job, Spinner. Ashley calls Paige, who she believes to be at school. So, like, why would you call her to talk about homework if you think she's at school? Because she's at school. I had the same thought. Like, what are the chances that she was able to pick up the phone and be out of school? Wouldn't you just call her after school? And what is this, 2004? So we're not even texting like that. Because, girl, I got two, I got 300 texts. And I'm <laughs> using, like, the little, not even a QWERTY keyboard. I'm using T9 texting. Mm-hmm. What a time. So she... So she calls her and Paige is like, let's swing by and hang out with Ashley for a bit. Spinner is silently but very adamantly against this. And this is one of those rare times that happens where Spinner is not wrong. Hmm. Ashley is reluctant to join them initially, but Paige says they can do one thing that she really wants to do. Ashley wants to visit Terry. So Spinner wishes for mini golf and Paige wishes for a nice lunch with her oldest bestie and her boyfriend. Terry's head is still bandaged and I'm, pretty sure it's not supposed to be as bad as it looks terry has been in the hospital for how long at this point why look she's been in there for a minute and by a minute i don't mean like an actual minute i mean like a very long time and you know what this scene brought me back to was the very bad play that they did she wasn't the one in the hospital bed and i think i brought this up already but like why did they foreshadow that at as that being her ending because she ends up in the hospital bed and she's like laying over the side yeah. just like Marco was in the play 
All right, so I just looked at the episodes. She's been in a hospital for the last 10 episodes, which was right before <gasps> Christmas, and we know that it's May. Her wound should <gasps> not still be as bad as it is. It's been six months. That makes absolutely no sense. There's no way. Not as bad as it looked. Like, I mean, did you guys just open that up again? Right. And what was her surgery for? Because they mentioned surgery, too. What did they do? No one knows. They have to do her like this. Like, she's literally been in the hospital for half this season, and then she's gone. Right. So Ashley sees her gaping wound, and she needs to leave the room because she can't stomach seeing Terry's eight-month-old gash. Right. And, I, and honestly, neither could I. It was gross. Back to plot B. Emma and JT are in the lab defragging the computers. What a time. Because when was the last time you've ever done that? I had to look up what that meant. Seriously? Yes. Wow. And we took, like, I remember taking a keyboard class to learn how to type on computers. I remember being on computers in kindergarten, and I've never heard of this before. What does missing these, Like, honestly, I can't even tell you what it means, but I remember doing it. It's like you clear up all, like, the extra stuff out of your computer, right? Yeah, so it's almost like clearing, like, your cache when you're, like, in a browser, I'm assuming. Because what I got from it is that, what did it say? You have to reformat your hard drive, pretty much. Yeah. It has something Mm -hmm. to do with your hard drive and, like, freeing up maybe space or something. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I haven't heard that phrase, if ever. (laughs) Yeah. Not that maintaining the, the computers in the computer lab, that's a lot of responsibility. So much. So Alex refuses to get off the computer because she's shopping. And the way I would fight this bitch, too. But Emma decides to walk away and she goes to and get Alex's computer after school. So instead, she goes to Mr. Simpson's computer only to to discover that he has a will in progress. JT gets uncomfortable and, of course, Emma starts to worry because she is who she is. But back to the fun plot-ish. Spinner, Paige, and Ashley are sitting down at a nice restaurant where Spinner cannot pronounce the foods. Paige and Spinner (laughs) goof off a little and Ashley reminds them that this is a restaurant, not the school cafeteria. Question. Do you think Ashley was wrong for saying that? Well, she's not wrong. Like, that is not the school cafeteria. And if you're not trying to stick out because you're skipping school and you're, like, getting lunch somewhere during the day, I get it. But I just think Ashley wanted nothing to do with actually being here, so. Right. She's (laughs) definitely – she is absolutely a wet blanket, but she wasn't wrong. They were acting like teens in a nice restaurant. Um, So I would have been tired of her, too. But Spinner's dumbass tries to order a beer. Right. The drink the drinking age in Toronto is 19 by the way, so he's still a little far off, but still. Ashley's not eating anything cuz she's upset after seeing Terry in the hospital and she laments that these are supposed to be the best years of our lives, but it's just one disaster after another and she hasn't even made it to season 4 episode 7. What is but, it? Like what disasters is she referring to other than like the Terry and rick thing like does she consider her breakup a disaster yeah i think she considers Mm -hmm. basically the breakup and terry and those were just too much for her but question do you believe do you think she's right about high school being the best years of your life with hindsight no like i've had way better years of my life leaving high school but i can see why being in it you think that it's supposed to be the best. You're supposed to do all this stuff because there's TV shows like Degrassi Rewatch where it makes stuff look really fun. 
But I think it's only, again, the only time you don't have a real responsibility. So I guess you would have the idea to make the most of it. Maybe I'm just like, I started working really early in high school. So it was never going to be the best years of my life. Like I had responsibilities. So you did work at a store truly named after you that I thought was a joke for the longest. So did everyone else. Like nobody believed that it was a real place. She's created an entire place and to, to hide where she works. That's, but uh, so. I was pretty, I wasn't miserable in high school, but I was, I feel like I was, I accepted that I was a little quirky or a little bit weird Mm -hmm. and this is just who I am. And people aren't always that very nice in high school. I had my friends, but there were also some Mm -hmm. assholes. It was a nice little balance. And I'd gone to school in the same area for so long that. I welcomed the newness of college and not really mm. being able to re-identify myself, but being able to be myself without the weight of people knowing things that I did and said in fourth grade. Yeah. So I never really viewed high school as being the best because I wasn't like some type of teen royalty person where everyone loved me or anything. I was also wasn't hated. So there's that was nice. But when you go to school with the same people for so long, you just, you, first of all, you remember a lot of things about them that mm-hmm. you will never forget. And they remember a lot of things about you. And so for me, who really crushed on people super hard, I was always <laughs> a little stalker. When I went to no. college, I didn't get to reinvent myself. I was still a stalker. I'm still a stalker <laughs> today. I'm proud of who I am. But I got to hide that from people. So they wouldn't, so I learned, okay, I can't, I know I may have looked you up on Facebook or MySpace, but I know to hide from you everything that I know about you. Right. No, that's actually a really good point. And I could see how going to college would be like, this is finally new. Yes. That's funny. I went to a different high school than from everyone that I went to middle school with. But to me, that was so traumatic. Like, I really wanted to go to the same high school. But that's so true because I stayed out of so much crap by not going to the same high school as people that I was in middle school with. And my high school experience was great. I'm still best friends with my group of friends, like, to this day. But I just think that there's so much more out there than high school because you're still limited into what you could do. I just think you get to be more carefree in high school. Yes, way, you know, it's it's really nice. I think a good spot was being like being an adult without a child, but having a nice job where you can pay for things. Pay for things, yes, to enjoy stuff and like kind of feel like you're on top of the world in that sense. Because once you get a little bit of money post like having shitty jobs or like no jobs, it ups your game until you realize that you just need more money to like sustain right. anything. Yes. But there's that fun part of it being like blissful for a second and being ignorant. Yes, and I just want to add a disclaimer, no shade to my child. But yeah, being a child-free adult with a decent job was a good space to be in. And I was able to enjoy that enough that now that I tragically have a child. (laughs) Not tragically. I don't feel like I'm missing out on things. Like I would probably be pretty miserable. I wouldn't be pretty miserable. But I might feel like I missed out on things if I had a child at a younger age before I actually got to live like a child-free adult for a little bit. Definitely. I could see that. But yeah, so I guess in summation, Ashley High School isn't the best years of your life. And if it is, that kind of sucks. Yeah. You don't want to peak in high school. (laughs) We know what happens to those people. (laughs) Like if you peak in high high school, that means that your life goes downhill after and you've got 50 to 70 years left to live. So... 
But Spinner doesn't have the time for Ashley's shit. And he tells Ashley, you know what? If you think Degrassi's accursed, then leave. And again, I hate how much I love Spinner right now because Paige is upset about hearing that Ashley does want to transfer. But Spinner is like, So let's take her home to cry so we can enjoy the rest of our afternoon. (laughs) How mad would you be at Paige if she ruined your day off from school with this bitch? I would be so mad. Like, that's so true. This is the one episode where I'm very team spinner. It's like, yes, the fact that she even wanted to go see Terry on a day off, like, I'm sure they're going to respect her wishes because she hasn't gone to see her. But that's like, that's going to bring everybody else down that like actually skipped school and had to have a reason to like your mom let you skip school. It's two different skipping schools and you're bringing all the vibes down. Yes. Actually, I feel kind of shitty because every time Spinner says something right, we're like, this is one of the rare times. But Spinner's actually been saying a lot of stuff right. Yes. I just think about how he asked Craig if he was on crack. (laughs) (laughs) He says so many things. He's, you know, he's a mixed bag, I guess. Anyway, Ashley returns from the bathroom to announce that Mr. Radich is at the same restaurant on a date. And so they need to leave as quickly as possible. They do only to realize the fact that none of them left money for the tab. And so this is going to become relevant in the season finale. So go ahead and just pocket this. They go miniature golfing and to an art museum. Why they'd spend their day there is beyond me, but they went there. Spinner is making a bunch of immature, but kind of age appropriate for him, jokes. And (laughs) Ashley is not having it. Spinner walks away because he's had enough. And Paige tells Ashley off too. I'm sorry to be brutally blunt, but Craig didn't cheat on you just because of hormones. The runaway next year, but it won't help. An eloquent queen. That's Question. so nuts. Are you team Ashley or Paige on this one? I think I'm definitely team Paige. Like you, I, we know and we talk about it all the time. Paige can be really like, she can be like abrasive sometimes. And sometimes she'd be wrong, like loud and wrong. But this, in this moment, she's kind of right. It's just like, look. It's you sometimes. This isn't the first time we've said that this is Ashley's fault either. Or like Ashley is the root of the problem. So I'm team Paige because you got to call it out. She let her be in her feels for most of the day and like did not listen to what Spinner was saying to try to help her friend out. But like at some point you got to snap your friend out of it. Right. And let her know that, you know, you you are a fucking wet blanket. (laughs) That term is so funny to me. But yes. Where yeah. So I think it's clear that Ashley's really just depressed and she needs some extra help getting out of this funk. Ashley was just also really, she was being kind of mean and not fun to be around. And I think she needs to be told to look, I do think she needs to be told to look at her own actions. So Paige was right. Maybe her delivery may have been off, but mm-hmm. if Ashley does not reassess how she's coming off to others, she's going to keep having the same problem even at other schools. So there's that. Right. Back to Emma, who was looking for her dad, Mr. Simpson, who I guess is officially her dad. When Liberty starts talking Emma's ear off and Emma is just tells her, girl, if you do not shut up for once, I am busy. You can tell by looking at Emma that she's stressed. And Alex makes a joke about it. But as I just said, Emma does not have the damn time. So she looks at Alex and she says, bitch, what's your problem? She doesn't say bitch, but she's like, Alex, what is your problem? Emma turns to her and she says, mm, I don't really like your, or Alex tells, turns to Emma and tells Emma, I don't really like your entire existence. <laughs> Emma has had it. So she pushes Alex off her locker and we are treated to an excellent fight between Alex and Emma. I wish Emma beat that bitch's ass because what the fuck was Alex's problem? Why does she hate Emma? 
Yeah, she's so unnecessary, like unnecessarily mean. And just like, I don't understand why she was like picking on her in the computer lab, let alone throwing stuff at her in the hallway. Like, I don't know what provoked that, but I do know now why Emma was so adamant about sleeping with who she sleeps with because she was trying to be spiteful in the future. Think about what she was willing to do and get to get back at her. <laughs> Am I that gif of the old boy from the podcast who's like, what is it? Jesus and Marrow? Oh, yes, yes. Podcast. All right. Moment. Whatever happened to them? Did we ever find out why they broke up? Girl, there was rumors on rumors. They broke up because they could not come to an agreement on like, what they were going to do next. So as someone told me, or like I read that it had to do with their management, like someone wanted to leave management, the other person wanted to stay with them. So ultimately they were divided and they ended. I rather someone was on drugs. <laughs> yeah. Something more interesting right now. It probably came down <laughs> to money. That's what it always is. You right. All right. So anyway, you'll be very surprised to know that Mr. Perino and some mysterious blonde teacher broke up the fight. So I guess Mr. Armstrong took the day off as well. <laughs> I noticed that. If I were a teacher in high school, I wouldn't be breaking up fights because y'all do not pay me enough for this. That's what I was just going to ask is like, what's the protocol for breaking up a fight? And at this point in time, can you even be a man teacher and break up a female fight without it being something? You right. Hang on. Let me ask my friend. I'm pretty sure it's just security. Security? We definitely have security in my high school. To confirm. That's hilarious. Your job. Do not break up fights. (laughs) Right? This is a Degrassi. Question. All right, back to the show. We'll see if she gets back to me. Spinner, Paige, and Ashley are at an Elvis competition when Spinner complains that they skipped school to walk around all day with the Queen of Doom. (laughs) Ashley decides to grab them a small snack. Dot, dot, dot. Emma's in the principal's office with a nasty black eye when Mr. Simpson finds her. Emma refers to him as her dad again. So, again. Anyway, he was just writing the will to be prepared, and therefore, it doesn't mean that his chemotherapy failed. You do have to stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Emma tells Snake that stop trying to protect her because she needs to know what's going on. She does stay nosy, but I guess she's right about this one. So Mr. Simpson invites her to his appointment later. The whole family's at the appointment, and great news, Snake is in cancer remission. Everyone cries tears of joy, and except for Baby Jack because he's a baby. He don't know what's happening. don't know what's going on, right? To close the episode, Ashley never returned back with Paige and Spinner Snacks, only to surprise Spinner and Paige because she is on stage to perform as Elvira, Queen of Doom. I don't even know any Elvis songs to save my life, and didn't that... Anyway, so I, I just don't know much about him, but she somehow won the competition... In the next scene, Ashley is being scolded by her mom for leaving home. But when Ashley starts laughing, her mom lets up on Ashley's rant or her rant against Ashley. It seems like Ashley is finally out of her funk. And we last see Paige and Spinner riding off into the sunset to pick up Dylan from school. After getting a ticket. <laughs> a parking that too. Ticket. They did get a ticket that she's never going to tell Dylan about. Do you have a moral for this episode? I said that my moral is... The fact that life is short and like what life throws at you can be unexpected. So it's essential to like live in the moment and that you can't outrun your problems. We see that with like Ashley going to see Terry and like kind of realizing that, yes, that was something unexpected. I'm sure they still feel really guilty for it. 
but life is short and Terry got to live her life just like Ashley got to live her life now because we could have lost Terry, you know? Like, we don't see Terry again after this, but you get what I mean. Like, life is short. Simpson could have easily not been in remission. His life is short, but he's learned to kind of, like, live his life each day versus, like, trying Mm. to outrun it or trying to feel bad for yourself. Because I think that was Ashley's whole thing this episode is just, like, yes, bad things happen to you, but you are so much more than the bad things that happen to you, so. Right. I agree. I think that that's kind of where I was going. Things happen every day. And sometimes a lot of really bad things happen to you. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to minimize or trivialize genuine mental illness. Not that there's like a disingenuine mental illness. So it's like sometimes positive thinking can help. And sometimes positive thinking is not enough. And that's where you Mm -hmm. need extra help. So I don't want to act like that's not true. But thinking positively isn't going to hurt. I'm sure someone could come up with an example of when thinking positively does hurt. But overall, how you think affects how you feel. Yeah. So. Absolutely. That reminds me of the trend on TikTok right now. But they're calling it like the lucky girl syndrome. Where I want to know. I like can't even think of the proper way to describe it because I'll probably do it no justice. But it's pretty much just like the mantra is great things always happen to me. So you're like manifesting that you have a great life and like all these good things are happening so that it like, once you believe it, like it starts to happen, but that it pretty much is manifestation, but you know, TikTok is good for making new trends. So it's called the lucky girl syndrome. And I'm sure if you look it up, there'll be 75 videos about how to like implement it into your life. So I think Ashley could use that (laughs) right Mm. about now. Interesting. It's fascinating. Yeah, I'm not one. I've started to try and speak to myself better on like a personal note with like manifestation and stuff. But it's so it's so true. Where it's just so hard. Sometimes you cannot just be like, "Today's gonna be a great day." Like, no, because I woke up and this one over here is barking and pissed me off. (laughs) And sometimes you're just not about to have a great day. But it does not hurt to try to think positively. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I do good with. I don't, I'm not a big, big on manifesting. I think I'm bigger on being in the moment. So recognizing that like in the moment I am upset. And so because mm-hmm. I'm upset, this person is rubbing me the wrong way. Am I being ridiculous? Yes. And so I'm going to be ridiculous now. I will not always be ridiculous. Right. And so like also, yes, things suck in this moment, but they might be better in another moment. So I'm better, but like projecting or manifesting is not really my speed. I think, so my my therapist asked me today, um, what, I don't know if she asked me something about like my plans for this year or something. How do I feel about this year, whatever? And I'm like, girl, I don't know. This year just started. (laughs) Right. You know, I have things that I, I have goals and objectives, but also they're very loose because life be lifing. So absolutely. And I might look at 2022 and after all of the things that went down that, you know, I could look and say like it was a bad year all around, but that would do so much injustice to all the great laughs and good times that I had. So you can't just look at, you know, a year looking forward as one thing, but a culmination of a lot of things. And even a year in the past is just one thing, if not a culmination of a lot of other things. So that's an interesting lucky girl challenge. I hope it works for the people who are manifesting. You know, if it works, then work it. Right. What for you will be for you. So just because yes. it's not for me doesn't mean you can't do it and like it. 
Right. And it might work for you. I don't know. Yeah. I guess we can go to our week or our next on Degrassi if you're cool with that. Unless you had any other notes, questions, comments, concerns. I think the only note that I made was from a deleted scene because you know how they said that they left the restaurant because Mr. Radage was there? Mm-hmm. And he's like with this blonde woman, like they never show who it is. Mm-hmm. But the blonde woman in the deleted scene is Miss H. I was wondering if it was because you remember this deleted scene of them making out on the car from like last season? Yes. I think that's what it is. I wondered if it was them. Yes. Because I'm like, what? Because you know how like we start off in her classroom in the episode. So I'm like, where does this lead later? Because we don't hear about her. And then they see Mr. Radage and it's like, who's Mr. Radage with? Doesn't she have like an exam to give someone? But it's Miss H. And they like got back to the school at the same time and like went through separate entrances in the deleted scene. Are they making out in this episode? Yeah. Or is that another? Okay. So that's what this episode is. Isn't that so funny? Like, why didn't they add that in there? I wonder if that's something along their lines of a lot of, and they said it in the book, their main focus is, to, you know, the storylines take the place from the kid's point of view. Mm. So you're not having scenes with just the adults because unless a kid sees. Right. Okay. That makes so sense. So I yeah. wonder if that's why it didn't make the final cut because their whole objective, especially this early in the series, is to make sure that it's coming from the kid's point of view. Yeah. It was so funny that they were just like, he's with some blonde lady. Because my question was, who would he be at lunch with in the middle of a school day? Doesn't he have like 10 classes to teach? Yeah. Doesn't she have 10 classes to teach and like an exam to give? But A fight to break up? Right. They missed all the juicy stuff because they were at lunch together. But that's so funny. Wow. That's fascinating. One of the things that I forgot to mention last week from um, Mother of All Degrassi was the interesting part of watching how many times Degrassi transitioned, um, I guess, production company of some sort. Maybe not necessarily mm-hmm. the production company. I don't know enough about media, but it wasn't always under like CTV or maybe it was always CTV. Different people had hands on Degrassi. And so sometimes mm-hmm. in transition, I think season 14 was someone entirely different. So then they were surprised when it got canceled mm-hmm. and then they had to move it to Netflix but even before season 14, I think there was a change of hands maybe around season 9 and a change of hands maybe around season 12 and then 14. Um, It changed hands a couple of times. So knowing that and looking through that perspective, I'm interested to see what differences we notice mm-hmm. in, I guess, just the style of maybe the writing or the style of the episode, which gets removed. I wonder if it's maybe... When did we change their theme song? Well, that's a good question because I could have started then. Right. I think maybe they, they changed their theme song already. but Or, you know, probably when it goes, because it goes from Degrassi, TNG, to just Degrassi at some point in time. And so sometimes it changes name-ish a little bit. So I'm interested in watching it with that lens now and just seeing how creative differences come into play as it changes hands yeah I'm well, gonna i hear your partner's time. cooking yeah girl that like why why do i know you you're tired to be this loud i know you're tired almost as tired as lily <laughs> so cute it's better than the alternative though because that means i don't have to so. you're right a win is a win but dang you loud all right so Back to next on Degrassi. Sean's brother gets a job in Alberta. 
But when Sean wants to stay at Degrassi, he finds out that he can live all by himself with student welfare. But that plan is in jeopardy when his place becomes party central. Everybody ain't your friends. Meanwhile, Liberty makes it her mission to get JT his dream date to the semi-formal, even if it's not her. That wraps this week's episode of Below the Dot Podcast. If you enjoyed your listen, please tell a friend to tell a friend. To hold you over between episodes, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok under some derivative of the username Below the Dot. Actually, about our Twitter account, I got mad because Twitter added a For You page, and then I deleted the whole app from my phone. So maybe (laughs) I'll come back around, and maybe I won't. Feel free to reach out with any questions, comments, or concerns on either of our social media accounts, but probably not Twitter because I'm definitely not going to read that shit. Or email us at whateverittakes385 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back this time next week, whatever it takes.